Welcome back to the Monica Matthews Show, Life, Love, and Liberty. It is Tuesday in Virginia. All eyes are on Virginia. It is Tuesday p.m. I decided to do my show late. It is 9.26 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And according to the totals I'm looking at right now, you have a 54% versus 45.4% with a margin of roughly 250,000 votes for Yunkin. So it looks as though between the AG's race and Glenn Yunkin, it looks as though Virginia is definitely going red unless Fairfax pulls, you know, something out of their recount because last time I checked just a few minutes ago, it appeared that they were uh they were rescanning their ballots. Yes, re-scanning their ballots. So that tells you that, that they know they're on the downside. So apparently Virginia has taken their house back, which is wonderful. I don't know what the margin is there, but I'm texting uh, uh, relentlessly with uh, and, and anxiously and just very excited and grateful for my friends of Virginia. This is a big deal. All eyes needed to be on Virginia, and they needed to take Virginia back. It needed to go red. Now, with all of that being said, you know that I'm not one to, uh, you know, uh, cast my complete hopes upon politicians or any other man or woman for that matter, any other human. Um, I think we need to be uh, cautiously optimistic and grateful that this shows that we can still have an honest election in this country. This comes on the eve, by the way, of, um, of being asked to come and speak at a rally tomorrow in Georgia. Uh, regarding the audit uh, um, being addressed here by our state legislature, they're going into special session. Uh, there are two rallies tomorrow uh, at the same Liberty Plaza. One is at 930 in the morning. The other is at 1230. I will be a part of the 1230 event. Um, and in, in really just there to remind people that fair and free elections are crucial for everyone. And as much as there there is a... There is a a very real uh, push right now to to give the appearance of and to and to cast a very um, demeaning and criminal shadow across anyone who I said across isn't that funny I'm so southern across anyone who would question right election integrity or the election grid. And so, you know, I watched um, Jim Jordan, Representative Jordan, uh, was skewered yesterday uh, in a in a congressional hearing regarding uh, January sixth and his involvement, as well as his involvement with the president and conversations that he's ha- had with the president. And and it was interesting because the the question that that kept coming back at representative jordan was how many times have you talked with the president didn't you say that the election was fraudulent and uh that it was a fraud and he said no i never said that well many of us have contended that it was stolen 
and that may have actually been the word that the chairman used. Didn't you say the election was in fact stolen? And, and Representative Jordan said, no, I have not said that. Well, many people have. And so, of course, my first thought is, well, what if we did? Because for four years, that's all we heard. We have an entire documentary on Netflix regarding the vulnerabilities of our digital space with regard to the election grid. It's called Kill Chain. You can go watch it. You're talking about cyber experts, particularly around elections, who determined that there are backdoors into everything, including but not limited to the Dominion voting machines. That is not per Monica Matthews. That, I'm not a cyber expert, nor am I an elections expert. I am an observer. I'm a taxpayer. I am a legal citizen of this country. I have eyeballs to see, and I have ears to hear, and I have a mind with which to think and draw very rational and... um and objective conclusions based on evidence, whether circumstantial or otherwise. And if there's circumstantial evidence pertaining to the election of 2020 that would point to the fact that there are more than indiscrepancies that should be taken into consideration by a court of law, not playing ping pong, not throwing it over to... Uh, the Georgia Bureau of Investigations or, or other outside groups, you know, or, you know, the boogeyman or the tooth fairy or the bunny rabbit or whoever we're going to pull out of our judiciary robe next time. But we're talking about the state legislature, state legislature taking this upon themselves, which is where it should have been from the beginning. Someone down there at the state legislature, other than four senators and congressmen, should have been able to figure out that the integrity of our elections matters more than anything else we have going on. And with all of the evidence in the way of affidavits that were signed, court cases that were fought, petitions that were filed by people who were, whose votes were unequal, unequally protected, right? When absentee ballots come in that, that wash out your ballot, your vote, that you showed up in person to vote, and you've got tens of thousands of ballots. And I say tens of thousands of, of absentee ballots because you also have chain of custody that was to the tens of thousands in, in various counties in this state. So for someone to look at me and say, you're a conspiracy theorist, you are are pimping the narrative that makes people angry. People like you incite other people. I object to that. I refuse that accusation. I will not allow that false accusation to fall at my feet. And you shouldn't either. It is that simple. And I could go on and on and on and on about the evidence and ballot trafficking, ballot boxes that were illegal. They made uh, exceptions, exceptions, exceptions because of COVID, which was complete BS. There were private canvassing canvassing uh, efforts that took place prior to the fall of 2020 in Fulton County specifically that had affidavits signed signed to the tune of thousands of ballots of people who were like, no, we don't, I'm not Susie Smith. I'm, I don't know who you're talking about. And no, I, I didn't, I, that's not who I am. 
right? Okay, thank you. Do you mind filling out this paper so we can turn it into the courts and get you taking, taken off of the voter rolls? Something, coincidentally, the Secretary of State's office of Georgia should have done, but they did not purge their voter rolls in 2019. Did not purge. And they should have. That is his responsibility and did not do it. So you've had person after person after person show up and uh, testify, swear under oath, uh, swear under, you know, the possibility of perjuring themselves. But all you hear is that there are people like me who are on the air or who are on social media who tell you that there's definitely something awry with our elections in the state of Georgia. Now, there are other There are experts. I'm not an expert. I'm a commentator. There's a difference. There are are experts around the country who have, whether it's uh, kinematic uh, artifact uh, experts who understand, you know, how to scan a piece of paper and determine how many times that thing has been uh, touched, altered, breathed upon, you know, you name it, right? Folded, whether or not it was scanned, all of that stuff right? That is Jovan Hutton Pulitzer's Lane, not Monica Matthews. Then you have Bobby Python, who is an expert analyst. That's what he does for a living. He has taken upon himself since 2020 to analyze data that is mind-blowing. You can go check him out on Twitter. He's on Stu Peter's show a lot. Um, I've not had Bobby on my show in a long time, but so we need to bring him back. But his numbers are pure as the driven snow. As is his heart, I believe. So, and he is running for the United States Senate um, in his respective state. So, check out Bobby Python on Twitter. I believe he's also on uh, LinkedIn. So, all of that to say, you know, all of us are not nuts whenever it comes to, yeah. I mean, President Trump has said it, it was stolen. There are issues. And what does that mean? What does that mean? If, in fact, it is proven that this election was stolen, you know what that means? It means that you're living under a coup. And some people call it a soft coup. Now, I don't know about you, but when I go fill up my tank, that doesn't feel like a soft experience, right? When I see turkeys on sale for, not even a sale, but they're selling for over $80 for a turkey, that literally looks like a chicken, okay? Um, That doesn't feel soft. When I see our enemies lining up, salivating at the prospect of landing on our soil, of taking out our grids across the country, of just trash talking across the board, when I see a president who is mentally feeble and incapacitated on every possible level, right? The quote, air quote, president, right? And I, and I see this, and so does the rest of the world, right? So does the, I see him cancel the, the pipeline. I see us licking the boots of, uh, of, 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 of the Middle East and oil. We're begging for oil again. Um, what else? We have wrecked our economy in a matter of not, none of that feels soft. I don't feel soft about that. Do you feel soft about that? That does not feel soft to me. So if we have in fact experienced a coup, 
of epic proportion in this country, nothing about it feels soft. Nothing. Watching and listening to January 6th prisoners who are now being moved out of that jail because there's systemic abuse going on. They're being denied bread and water, medical needs. They are, uh, they are, they are designated to 23 out of 24 hours of their day are spent in a cell that is no bigger than most of your bathrooms. That is not humane. People in Gitmo are actually treated better. One of my followers is actually an author who states something to that effect, where all this brouhaha from the left about how horrible Gitmo is and the detainees are treated, and he wrote a book about it and was like, that's actually not how we treated people at all during my watch at Gitmo. And here are the facts, right? So it's all about shutting it down. Well, hell, we've got our own Gitmo right here in D.C. If it's that bad, if Gitmo is that bad, this is the equivalency. So what is this? Does that feel soft to you? No, nothing about this experience is soft. So all of these little dilly dillies that we, you know, these little, these little taglines that we put on stuff to just make ourselves feel better. It's a soft coup. No, there's no such thing. Either there's a coup or there wasn't a coup. You get where I'm going? That is not theory. That is not to incite you. That is not to fan the flames. Because I don't have to fan the flames. Every time you go to gas up, every time you show up to work and someone is harassing you with the diversity, inclusivity, and uh, in, in equitable uh, training class that, that demands that you have to apologize for who you are, you have to feel guilty and shameful, and that you're the problem because you're white in this country, that's not soft. That should remind you to the depths of which we have fallen as a nation. And make no, make no mistake about it, no matter what happens in Virginia, this nation has fallen from grace. And there's nothing soft about that. So I will not have a bridle by the author of confusion and a bit put in my mouth and a bridle by the author of confusion and lies. I will not submit to that. I will not. I submit myself to God and I resist the devil and he flees. That's what the word tells me to do. And I believe it. And that's what I do. That's what I'm going to apply to my life. And many of you, tens of thousands of you have walked off of your jobs with the same exact faith and God Bless you, and I mean that. God will bless you. He will honor your faith to honor your own body and his creation in you. He will honor that. It may get rough, but don't be proud. Reach out to friends, family, even enemies. You'd be surprised who will bless you. You will be surprised. The word says God will use your enemies to bless you. And I am living proof of that. Living proof of that. He will prepare a place for you in the presence of your enemies at their very table. So don't you be proud, especially you men. No, no time for pride. If you've left your job and you don't know how y'all are going to pay for stuff because you don't want your family jabbed, good on you. If you've taken the jab, 
Good on you. That is your choice. I do not shame people over jabs. I, I, I have brought physicians on my show who have spoken very eloquently and succinctly to the fact that these things are not, quote, vaccines, according to the traditional sense of what it takes for something to become a vaccine. And there has historically been a process to becoming a vaccine, kind of like a bill. Although, huh, I guess comparably speaking, and 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 um, as far as uh, analogies go, right? Here's an analogous, uh, uh, analogous uh, analogy, analogous analogy. Yes, that. Um, it's late. I'm tired. So, <laughs> but here's a perfect analogy, right? How a bill becomes a bill, right? Well, not unless you have an executive order. So you can look at the same. You can look at that the same way with vaccines. Right where it's like, mm, and some people say, "Well, we just got all the bureaucracy out of the way." Well, how about that? What if we just had a dictator? We didn't even need Congress, right? We just had one branch of government, which, by you know, by all outward appearances, it appears that's exactly what we have. So, is that soft? Is that a soft coup? <laughs> I mean, we sound so ridiculous with this stuff. There's nothing soft about anything going on right now. It's hard, it's fast, it hurts, it's dry, it's awful. Do that what you want. It's horrible. There's nothing fun about what's happening to this country. Nothing. It's not pleasurable. It doesn't feel good. It's not beautiful. It's not soft. It's not warm and fuzzy. Nope. And it's not getting better anytime soon without godly interference. So y'all better hold on to each other as tight as you can. Now, speaking of things that don't feel well and living in a fascist totalitarian regime and living under one, how do you know that you've experienced a coup and that you're living under a regime and not an administration? Well, here's how you know. So even questioning the integrity of the election, which we allowed Democrats to do for four years, and nobody formed a, no one formed a committee around the con- then Congresswoman, now quote Vice President of the United States Kamala Harris, and others sitting current sitting congressmen and women, and entertainers and sports stars and the like, right? All calling for and actually putting their own money into bail funds to bail out of jail terrorists. And I mean legitimate terrorists who went through various cities across the country, burning things down, firebombing police stations and federal courthouses, attempting to interrupt business, uh, interrupting business, destroying businesses, beating the living hell out of people on the streets, killing people in the streets terrorizing people in the streets, terrorizing business owners, looting, otherwise known as theft, otherwise known as apparent reparations, according to some organizations. There's a whole book on on the righteousness of looting. I kid you not. And did we see the Republicans put together a, a committee? Nope. No one ever answered for it. And you know what? No one ever will. So how do I know we're not living through a soft coup, but we are living under a, a regime to be sure? Because even me saying this to you is dangerous. And that's how you know. The proof is in the pudding. 
I've had more people from various agencies, counterintelligence, um, security firms, sci- uh, uh, industrial psychologists, um, you know, various companies who, who work overtime to brainwash you on social media platforms about all of these people try to friend me on LinkedIn primarily um, as of late. Why is that? Why does anyone in cybersecurity and all of that have an interest? I mean, at, we're talking en masse. We're not talking just a few. I'm talking about a couple hundred people, right? And, and very, uh, very specific people in very specific positions. Why is that? People at the Department of Homeland Security, you know, people who question the election, people who are still talking about it, people who have proof of various, you know, ass hattery that went on during 2020, right? They are attempting to draw draw parallel lines or direct lines rather to extremism, um, to uh, national is all the isms, you know, all all that stuff, all the isms, all the extreme stuff, right? Um, and, and domestic terrorism and fanning the flames and you know fomenting all of those legal eagle terms because I actually exercise my right, my First Amendment right to uh, to practice dissent, right? And that's a problem. That's a problem for people in in the government right now. And so what does that tell you? That we are, in fact, living under a regime. And that should wake you up. This is not soft. There's nothing soft about it. So again, my answer to that is I know me. I know my motivation. I know who I serve. I know what I've been called to do. And I know that I believe in government, in the fact that godly government is a godly construct. I also believe in authority. I believe there should be authority. I do believe in limited government. I do not believe that vaccines are completely of the devil. I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I believe in proper uh, protocol with regard to, uh, you know, the something becoming a vaccine, right? The passage thereof. Um I'm a very uh, objective, sound mind person. I believe every person has the right to believe in in whom and whatever they choose. And that liberty is liberty. And, um, you know, God is not my government and, and government is not my God. Like lowercase g is not my government and God, rather, I'm sorry. Lowercase g, God is not my government and vice versa. I mean, that's just not how I believe. That's not how I've been raised to believe as a minister. And so I've always encouraged you guys to maintain your peace. Do not get out into the streets. Don't get involved in, in, in militia vacuums. All of that stuff is crazy. It is, it is, it is exactly what they, have, um, what they have perpetuated across the world in creating you know, vacuums of ISIS and ISIL and Schmeisel and all this crap. Right? And how do they do it? Through narratives, driving people crazy. That's how they do it. Again, nothing soft about that. So what do you do? You do what Virginia did. You go local. You get busy. You roll up your sleeves. You teach people how to monitor things at the polling stations. You pass legislation in your state legislatures. You get things out of voting out of the digital space, out of the cyberspace. That's what you do. You bring things granular. You bring it home. 
You bring it to the people. You take care of your families first. You take care of your community first. You take care of your church. You take care of others. You take care of people outside of the church and inside of the church. We are all the church at this point. People are hungry. People have bills to pay. People are scared. They're worried. They're angry. It is time for us to be the salve. It is time to put down the pitchforks toward the church. It is time to be the church. If you have bread, share it. If you've got some cash, share that. If you've got gas, share that. If you have hope, if you have joy, if you have truth, if you have blessings, if you have testimonies, if you have anything good and noble and true and beautiful at all to share, let that come out of your face to encourage every person around you that you encounter every day. Because I'm going to tell you something, you don't know who you're smiling at. Especially if someone doesn't look like you. If they're wearing a a Biden shirt or a Trump hat, because I know not all of you who listen to me are Trump supporters or Republicans or Democrats or liberals or whatever. We're so far past that, you guys. We don't have time for any of that. You know, everyone wants to create a homogenization pool in the, in, in the form of globalism until, until we actually unite, <laughs> right? They don't want you to unite. They want you to homogenize around one monolith. The, ooh, ah, the government, it's soft. It's fuzzy. No, it's not. It sucks. My gas prices suck. So do yours. You can't deny it. Our education system sucks, and it has for years, way before CRT. It just has. Talk about a monolith. Good grief. Good grief. It's a leviathan that no one's wanted to contend with, and here it is. So what are you going to do with it? You know what you're going to do? You're going to teach your kids. You're going to stand up for your children. It is your right. It is your command. It is your command from your creator. Your children are your responsibility. I've said that for years on these airwaves. They're not the government's responsibility. They're not in the EDU's uh, care. They're not custodies. They're not wards of the government. They, the government, they, a certain faction of the government wants them to be. Don't let that harden your heart toward authority. Authority is necessary. I'll tell you something else I see on LinkedIn, and we'll get to that in a minute. Speaking of fascism and totalitarianism um, and having the freedom to speak freely and to think and to express, emote, all of that, right? Verbally or with your little fingertips on social media. Cannot wait for truth to come out. Truth social. Boy, I want to be one of the first people on that platform. I'm serious. I'm so tired of fighting this crap with these demons. And I keep telling you guys to get off this stuff. But anyway, I digress. So they are your responsibility, right? Don't let your heart become hardened. Here, something here's where I was going with this on LinkedIn. I see this ad constantly. That's like, and it's a meme actually. And it's, you know, it's from these companies that you CEOs and you see sweeters, you know, you spend millions of dollars on these stupid consulting firms. I, I'd be happy to come in for a million bucks. You kidding me? I'll sit right here. In my, I'll travel anywhere in the world. <laughs> I will travel to speak to your company. I'll do it from right here in, in my own studio. I'll do it. I'll do it on, on WebEx. I'll do it on Zoom. I'll stand on my head. I'll do a split, a herky, whatever, whatever you need for a million bucks. Heck yeah. I'll come over and teach your people how to be adults. Yep, how to take their adulthood back, right? And to and to bring their talents and their God-given gift sets to your company to add to your bottom line. Because when your company does well, they do well. 
Sure will. I'll be happy to do that. Sign me up. In the meantime, you guys are paying these yahoos to convince your people that they're guilty, they should be ashamed, that everything is about sexuality, and everybody should gather around the monolith water cooler and talk about the new monolithic conversation, which is, what are your personal pronouns? Well, who cares? Who cares? And that's not disrespectful. That's not insensitive. It's, no, we're here to work. We're here to work. And if in your private time you'd prefer your name is Stan and you'd rather be, you know, Stephanie, that's fine. But when we're at work, you know, and you're Stan, I'm going to call you Stan. I'm going to say he and him. And maybe, hey, dude, or hey, guy, hey, fella, you know. I mean, because you know why? Because that's the truth. And I'm not called to be submitted to lies. And biology doesn't lie. And it doesn't mean that I have to hate you or that I'm afraid of you or that we can't all get along or that I don't respect you and your autonomy and your sexuality and your choices and swinging from trapezes and, you know, threesomes and orgies and whatever the heck people are into. I don't care. I'm there to do a job. I'm there to work. Like right now on these airwaves, this is my job. Do I sound like I care about what your sexuality is? Nope, sure don't. If you contact me for ministry or if you need me to come in and consult and be your EQ consultant in your company, your campaign, I'm down. I'm there all day. I'm really good at it. Trust me. It's a gift. I'm not arrogant about it. I'm not puffed up or proud. It's by God's grace. And you know what? You deserve it. You deserve a peaceful, safe, ha ha, how about that, working environment. And you know what makes a safe working environment for everyone? Gathering around the monolith of truth and bottom line and celebrating your employees for the work they do. For the, for the merit they exercise and bring to your company. Their skill sets. Their God-given skill sets that have nothing to do with their skin color, their hair color, their eye color, their big boobs, you know, their big shoot, none of it, none of it, their sexuality, you know, the, as far as I'm concerned, the only people who should have quote accommodations are people who you have to accommodate, uh, for in the way of, uh, handicap, you know, stalls and doors and ramps and keyboards, and lighting, and, you know, various things of that nature, so that they too can be in the workplace exercising their skill sets and their God-given gifts. That is called sanity. That is called objectivity. That is called the rest of the world. Not America. Not America. So I am not going to subject myself to that, because that is not truth. Now, I may avoid using personal pronouns, but if I if I have to and that's going to be a problem for someone and it's just going to cause all kinds of rigmarole, but I'm not going to call something what it's not. I'm just not going to do it. You can ask my friends who are gay who are married. They know that I do not refer to a dude as a wife. I just don't. That's just my thing. I love you. I pray. I, I pray for your your uh, for your partnership. I pray for your relationship with God first and foremost, and and I pray for your heart to be safe and your you know for you to be safe. And the same way I pray for my straight friends, you know, I pray for my gay friends. 
But if you're a dude, you're a dude. It's just that simple. It's not hateful. It's not crazy. It's not spooky. It's none of that. It's none of this NLP stuff that people try to tell you. See how easy that was? And it didn't even cost you a million dollars for that advice. But good luck to you, corporate America, for turning the tide. Because you, again, pay people to come in and make your staff feel guilty about what's between their legs, what color hair they have, what color their skin is. It's atrocious. It's awful. I can't even believe our military's fallen for this crap. Of all institutions, the military, <laughs> where honestly, everyone on a battlefield should be considered, you know, equitable. Now, here's the meme that I see all the time, right? Uh, make, it, make your team so strong that no one knows who the boss is. What? Does that even make sense to you? I think I'm just from the 80s generation, the 80s era, where it's like, my dad went to work and had a boss man. He just did. My dad was a millwright with General Motors for over 20 years. Never missed a day of work. He was amazing. He loved his work. They loved him for it. He was great at it. He worked when he was at work. And when he was at home, he was at home. He was a hardworking man. And he taught me a lot about that. And he taught me about hierarchy. He taught me about authority. He taught me about respect. He was a World War II veteran. And he busted his hump. And he taught me about discipline. He taught me about independence. And that was his number one goal as my father was to teach me how to be independent. And he's definitely succeeded at that. But he taught me a lot about what mattered. About the good stuff, as a dear friend of mine calls it. The good stuff. He taught me a lot about that. And it's worth something. It was worth something then. It made our country great. It is worth something now. And I want you to get that down into your soul. I want you to believe that again. And I want you to work from that place. Because it's not a President Trump. It's not Biden. It's not Obama. It's not the Dalai Lama. It's none of that that is going to make this country great again. It's you. Do you understand that? And it's how much of the truth of this beautiful, vast creation of beautiful, unique individuals that makes that true so that you can show up and work with each other in peace and with respect. Everyone in your workplace deserves respect. I don't care what their role is. I don't care what their title is. You're not equal in equity in terms of hierarchy within the structure. You can't be because it's a little less like a hierarchy. But as a person, as a human being, of course you're equal. But equity? No. No. What you bring to the table in your respective role is not equitable to the performance in the lane of someone else in a different role and capacity because that's not how equity works. Now, when it comes to time spent with the company, you know, it, 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 it comes to um, how many years you've uh, invested in your respective lane within the company. That matters. It should. But now we have kids and y'all complain about it all the time. Your little kids who get out of college and they expect to show up and land a buck 50 a year job and jump right over people who are 50 or so. And, uh, you know, have just now gotten to 75,000, 
right? But that's the, that's the, that is the mindset that academia sets them up for when they're in school, you know, go with this because you're going to make $150,000 a year. And damn, if they don't come into your companies and come in there and demand things. And then if you don't, you're not being equitable and God forbid it's a female, (laughs) jeez, or any form of minority at all, right? These are these special classes that we have, these uh, accommodations that we've made. And it's like, well, you know, um, what, I'm sorry, how are homosexual people in the workplace, how have they not been granted accommodations? Again, I, I can see it from the trans standpoint, but you know what? Add it, add another bathroom. Add another bathroom. You can have men, women, and for all those who are great going into, you know, if the toilet seat's up, they don't care if the toilet seat's down, what if they don't even have a toilet seat? Fair enough. There, simple solution. No one is slighted. No one's left out of the bathroom. And there you go. And now all of us can get back to working, working, working for our bottom line, right? Because that's why people go to work. See how easy that is? And it's the truth and everyone's safe and everyone's respected and people are there to work and you're treated, you know, as adults, you treat each other as adults. You're not fighting. You don't feel bad. You're not laying on your, you know, on your, on your couch in the break room, you know, lamenting and, you know, languishing over your personal life. No, 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 there, I said it. So congratulations, Virginia. Good job. Well done. Uh, It appears in the city of Atlanta, we may have an upset to, speaking of regimes, uh, to the cabal, to the uh, so-called political mafia here. Uh, Last glance, it appeared as though uh, Felicia Moore, who has, man, that woman, if anyone deserved, you know, if there was ever, it's my turn, uh, it would be Felicia Moore in the city of Atlanta. Uh, I'm going to check it really quick before we go this evening. And uh, it appears as though she was the front runner. So unless, you know, the cabal is able to pull out, I don't know, 10,000. Let's see what the current, uh, here we go. See what the current numbers are. Unless they can, you know, pull up 50,000 dead people. um, Which, you know what? Hey, stranger things have happened. It's Fulton County. Um, All right. It appears that I do not. Yes, I do. Uh, well, she was slated. She had like 42% of the vote and support. And Kasim came in at 25%, just under her. Andre Dickens, just under them. And uh, and then it goes down and down and down. So uh, that was support. I, I don't know what the actual uh, live numbers, the results are of that race. So, um, yeah, so that is... Um, that's going to be a race to pay attention to as well for the city of Atlanta residents. You know, Georgia, Fulton County has always had their issues, undoubtedly. If Alicia wins, it will have been hard-earned. She has uh, invested a lot of her uh, personal sweat, equity, love, heart, and soul uh, into serving on city council for the city of Atlanta. She's taken a lot of heat. She's taken a lot of arrows. Um, you know, a lot of people love her. And so if that does, you know, if she does pull off a win, then congratulations to her. We can talk about that tomorrow. Uh, why is that important for those of you who live outside of the beehive of, in, of Atlanta in Georgia? Because as you can see, all poop travels downhill. And as it goes in the beehive, it spreads out to you all, as I have said, literally for six years on the air. And haha, I was right. 
and you're all living in the same miserable hell with crime rates that Atlanta, you know, pumps out. So uh, now I will say this. I'm not so sure that Felicia is the person to pull off the job with regard to crime. And, um, and I believe that there may be some funky monkey business going on with the Republicans down at the good old boys club in the, uh, at the Capitol with, if, if in fact Felicia wins, uh, quote wins, uh, because we do know that there's a cityhood fight going on right now for the city of Buckhead, uh, to pass through the legislature, uh, in order to get that on the ballot uh, for next year. And a lot of money going into that. A lot of people fed up with crime. I will say Felicia Moore has not been the strictest with regard to crime. She gets out and kind of pats butts and, you know, shakes hands with folks who are dirt bike riding at 5,000 miles per hour down a state uh, highway, um, uh, state road, a, a Peachtree Street. And, you know, she believes in going out and making peace with people that should probably be in jail. So that could continue to be a problem here for the residents of Atlanta. Uh, But we shall see. Again, it all goes back to authority, you know, adjudicating. Um, Yes, I believe in godly justice. I do. Um, I believe the problems we have in this country um, are so... They are systemic. They are. And I don't say that in terms of racism, because I believe there's one race. But with regard to poverty, with regard to institutional issues, yes, this country still has institutional issues. So whether it's crime, it's the family unit, it's the church, it's the economy, it's opportunity, Yes, uh, it's supply chain, it's corruption on the state, the local, the federal level. All of that is systemic because we're all part of the same system. All right, speaking of system, my bedroom system is calling my name. I was kicked off of LinkedIn today. I have appealed, as most of you know. Speaking of fascism and totalitarianism, I've done nothing wrong. I've not said anything violent. Who knows? So, um, yeah, you know, they asked for my right kidney and my blood and my left pinky toe. So we'll see how it works out. In the meantime, I have started another page. (laughs) So thank God for Truth Social. That will be up at the beginning of the year, and I plan to be there. So get ready. All right. Be good to your neighbor beginning in your own mirror. And remember, if you're an American, act like one. Oh, 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 oh,